0: Welcome to the Singers Unlimited podcast, a production of WBGO Studios. I'm Michael Bourne. We're going to be listening back on these shows through the WBGO archives. Some great interviews, some great performances from across the years of Singers Unlimited. I always enjoy uniqueness. When there's someone who sings like no singer ever before, and one of those singers is Stacey Kent and I first heard Stacey Kent sing everything but with this sound and style that was unique and then up in Montreal she sang in front of a symphony orchestra and was just charming and she was just charming when she brought the band and sang on WBG. I dream, and I know she does too. Stacy Kent is with me and brought the band and everything. Good to see you again. Great to see you. Thanks. I usually see you either at Birdland or in Montreal.
1: It's true. We don't meet in here so often.
0: Well, well, it's nice to have you here. Usually, it's just been you, but I love that you brought Jim and everybody. I'm in. loving that we're all here. You, you don't belt. You, you are a quiet, intimate. You do the things that are beautifully simple. And I think that's the hardest thing to do in some ways.
1: Well, <laughs> thanks. I don't know if it's hard or easy, but it's definitely me. You know, this this is this is about talking to people. It's very human. It's very grounded. And yet you can really soar with all of those instruments. And so we really wanted to get the voices and in the instrumentation just right. And so it was so exhilarating to have that dialogue. Where were the alto flutes going to go? Where was this going to go? And we, to construct it and then watch it come to life, and then get on stage
0: with this orchestra.
1: And um, what can I say? It's just the most astounding feeling.
0: And you were working with people like Chuck Mitchell, who we were talking about before, who I've known forever, and you know, who's very smart and knows and, and wants you to be you. Yeah, that's why you're on the label. Yeah. you know, to be you, and uh, and to do things that are that are cool, that are different. But also that'll sell. And it's interesting. I mean, there's this kind of professional, commercial, artistic consciousness that goes into an album like this. And it's a lot of people involved. Yeah. Let's have one of the songs. Let's have uh, Make It Up. Okay. Which you have to do in jazz anyway.
2: The history of love stored every day in songs and books, like some big romantic kitchen filled with way too many cooks. Everyone has got a theory, an opinion, or an angle, and they treat them like they're precious diamonds hanging from a bangle. I love you, and you love me, and I can't tell you why.
0: Stacy Kent. In the grand tradition of jazz and song, you kept saying in you know, the last time we were talking about you just brought the five. There's four, and you're the fifth, because in the grand tradition of jazz and song, the singer is in the band.
1: That's it. There it's four and one equals five.
0: So who's in the band? I love this band. Who's, who's in the band?
1: This is a truly inspiring spot to be, surrounded by these great guys. Art Hirahara on the piano. Okay. Tom Hubbard on the bass. Hello. Anthony Pinchotti on the drums. Hey, hey. And Jim Tomlinson, whom you already know. You again. On the saxophones and flutes.
0: Actually, it's like Jim Tomlinson, I, I seem to feel like I've known and we never met until today. <laughs> and yet I've seen you so many times. I guess the first time was the Oak Room. Yeah. That's got to be 02 or 03, somewhere in there. Yeah. It was a long time ago. What's the thumbnail? How did how did how did the girl how did Jersey's own Stacy Kent become one of the worldliest singers I know?
1: This is um this is a story that makes me very uh, happy about, or it gives me a particular philosophy about life in general because it really was about serendipity. Uh, I had absolutely no intention of doing this. I had no guidance on how to do this there were no musicians in my family so i feel like fate stepped in and pushed me onto this path now i always sang you know and uh i was known in my circle of family and friends as a singer my friends would ask me to sing to them you know in their ear at lunchtime and it was a kind of a a connection between friends and i was just always asked to sing but i and i knew that i loved to sing and i loved music and i loved I was always gravitating towards music, so I was sort of studying it along the way without knowing I was doing it. But I went to college um, and sought out literature and language and poetry because that's what I knew. And I had a mom and a grandma who were teachers. And uh, that was the world I lived in, which was more of an academic background. When I graduated from college, like so many of us, I was just in free fall and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. I was working towards my master's, and I ended up in Germany, uh, because German was my weakest of the languages that I was studying at the time, and um, I was just there to study, and I met some musicians, and they said, hey, come along, and I started to sing with them, just for the fun of it. None of this was a plan.
0: And also, you studied all these languages. I mean, do you sing in German? I don't sing in
1: German. If I go to Germany, I speak in German. I love the German poets, and I love the language, but I don't sing it. I only sing in the languages that I feel really fit what it is that we do. So uh, that I do for me personally, it's very personal. You know, other people have their own way.
0: You sing in French. You sing in Portuguese. Yeah,
1: and English. So those are the three that I
0: sing. How many do you speak?
1: Well, I studied French, Italian. German, Portuguese, and Latin.
0: Yeah, if you study Latin, you can get into the other Romance languages. But German verbs in the end. Very I love real.
1: a verb at the end.
0: Verbs in the end of the sentences drove me nuts. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So what's Max do? Uh, up, 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 up next, uh, let's let's have a song in um, in, in French. Um, it's a Leo Ferré song, right?
1: We're actually gonna play. Oh. We're going to play the Serge Gainsbourg song.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay, okay. You're right. You're right. Right. Both of them, everybody knows Over Yonder, but they don't know as much hereabouts. But they're both, you know, two of the great chanson creators.
1: These are the guys that I grew up on because my grandpa lived in France for so many years. And so he's the one who gave me such a a love of French poetry and French music and just French culture in general. So Le Ferret was... um, a huge force in my life when I was a kid. I
2: loved this man.
1: And uh, Serge Gainsbourg too, who's so playful and mischievous. And I, I didn't, you know, I couldn't hook into what it meant, the, the depth of the music. I was just a kid. But uh, it's really...
0: It's, it's, it's a song called Les, Les Amos means the lost loves. I think every French song sometimes sounds like it's about lost love. But uh, this is one of the especially beautiful... And here's again, Stacey Kent.
2: Les amours perdus ne se retrouvent plus Et les amours délaissés peuvent toujours chercher Les amours perdus ne sont pas loin pourtant Car les amours délaissés
0: I was trying to think how to say singers unlimited in French, you know, Chanteur, Sans Libite, no, that's no, boring. But then when we were singing that, it was like Chanteur toujours. <laughs> always.
2: Just to say goodbye.
0: To Say Goodbye, that's a song of Edu Lobo. And I remember a great recording of Edu Lobo and Antonio Carlos Jobim together singing that song just sung by Stacey Kent.
1: That's one of my favorite duos, Edu and Tom together. Are, it's astounding to me. And I know so many versions of Edu singing that with other people, but I love that one. I got to sing that with him last summer. We went down to Brazil, Jim and I, to perform with Marcus Valley, with whom we've been playing a long time now and uh, Marcus every time we do a show will incorporate different things different music different people and on that occasion last August uh, that was one of the most amazing things that's ever happened to me because I was on stage with Marcus and Jim and Marcus's band and Edu, Edu Lobo and Dori Kaimi and I sang next to Marcus, Edu and uh, Dori all at once and uh... Come on, it doesn't get more um, magnificent than that. And i they asked us to play that as a duo. Um, one thing to say about that is that when we started to rehearse it, I know I do, we've met a few times, but we'd never sung together. I never heard him sing live either. So we were in a rehearsal studio, and that's a really sad song, and I just can't stop beaming. I mean, my heart is pounding. I could hardly sing. I just can't stop beaming. And he's looking at me. He's just singing at me, looking at me, and I'm looking at him. And uh, there are pictures of this uh, somewhere on the internet if people want to see them on our Facebook page or something. And I just can't stop beaming. And he said, do you want me to stop looking at you while we sing this? Because he thought I shouldn't, you know, be so happy. I was on the verge of sort of, you know, ecstasy. It was euphoric. And Uh, I said, no, please don't stop. Please don't stop. And um, we just had uh, a beautiful time together and an amazing connection and this is one of the songs that I have been saying I kept back and didn't record and didn't really play or touch until we did the orchestral record because it's one of my all-time favorites and I just guarded it for this occasion for the special occasion when we would play it with 58 people. It's such a beauty and again to me you know, everybody's gonna have their own experience, but to play this with orchestra, it feels so cinematic that I wanted to hear it that way. And so we waited for this moment.
0: You probably did not hear or did you ever hear Jobine live perform.
2: I
1: never heard him live. And I've, that hurts. and that's one of those things that I really missed out on.
0: He'd have loved you. He loved everybody. That's the he that's really the twist did. of it all. It what a heart. What are the sweetest cats? And and, and you really go into this music. I mean, you really have a feeling for, for the bossa nova and then some. Thanks.
1: You know, you, ha- you have to find your place. You have to find your color. You know, I know what works well for me. I know what, what suits me. I, I feel so inside this, and I think that we're all going to come in it from different angles because we have our own experiences. For me, personally, to play this Brazilian music, and it's not just the, the bossa, because we played a baiao when we played um, Make It Up. Jim and I, oh, that was one of those moments where we said, hey, honey, We need a bio on this album. You know, we play different grooves. We love the rhythms. The bossa, to me, works so well because you get all of that sweetness and tenderness and melancholy in the melody, right? And you can get as sad and painful as you want. And inevitably, because of the groove, you've got this sense of moving forward. You've got this ever-going propulsion. And my favorite line struck me very early on when I discovered the poet Vinicius de Moraes, as opposed to the composer who composed with the show beam all the time. And uh, there's a, a line from Samba de Benso, Samba Sarva, where he says, Samba is the hope of one day no longer being sad. And I love that because they are so good at recognizing the human condition, that life is painful, but it doesn't have to be full of histrionics and drama. There's always the hope that tomorrow is going to be better than today. And if that's not the human condition, I don't know what is. And so I love that balance of all that melancholy and that all that feeling of moving forward. So the groove from the guys I'm playing with here, they give me that sense of forward motion, and I get to have this gentle tension with them whilst displaying, portraying, living inside all of this melancholy. And that's what Jobim gave us, Edu gave us, gives us, Dori... Joao Gilberto,
2: and that's why I've always looked to these guys. I discovered these
1: guys young. I discovered them at 14. My first record was, I'm sure so many of your listeners will say the same thing, my first experience was Get Gilberto, and I fell completely, utterly, madly in love with the voice and the the manner of Joao Gilberto. He was my man. I was just this 14-year-old kid in love with this guy and I didn't know why, but then later on I started to realize why there was such a connection.:
0: It's a great conundrum of all music. Like, it's like the blues. How come this music that's supposed to be so sad makes me feel so good?
1: That's right.
0: I think some of the, some of the Brazilian music comes, I think, from the, those breezes that come off the ocean. I, if you're on the beach, you just you, know, you, you want to fly. You don't want to swim. you want to fly on those breezes. Anyway, you brought some breezes. You've recorded a couple of Joe Bean's songs. One of the great things about Joe Bean is it almost seems like one song. All the songs of his life, one long, beautiful song. One, I mean, I don't think anybody composed melodies more beautifully than, than Joe Bean. No, so you're right. What do you like about this photograph?
1: Well, again, I saved this for this album because to me it was such a visual story and i love the the orchestral aspect of it but i love his images i love how much he loves to play with love and his love of mother nature and that force of mother nature is always in his music and that's so important to me that's how i feel it's it's of the earth but i'm flying too it's it's so hard to explain jobbie because he's so many things but you're right the the fluidity from one place to the next uh, is just, it moves with such ease. And um, what can I say? I feel so good singing these songs.
0: Like photographs.
2: Yeah. The sun's going down And in your eyes I see the changing colors of the sea It's time for you to go The day is done and shadows stretch their arms To bring the night The sun falls in the sea And down below A window light we see Just you and me. That's a song about
0: the bullet train. Is it about the actual bullet train?
1: Well, it is. It is and it isn't. You know, it uh, Ishiguro's idea for the lyric and, and Tomlinson Ishiguro for the song was to make it so that you know, that Shinkansen goes so fast that you don't know if it's real or you're dreaming. and it's so It's the all train the that crosses Japan. It, it is, is the train that crosses Japan. Literally, we've been on that train, and it's so fast, but you don't feel like you're moving. And so that was his excuse to uh, create all these images that, well, you're half asleep, you're half awake, you're not really sure, you see your old teacher, you know, you see all these people, and that's, that's signature Tomlinson Ishiguro stuff.
0: So Jim... What, when you're composing i mean you have her voice in mind but yeah. then but then do you actually think about who could write the better lyric to fit the voice that you were imagining the music that you are composing for
2: um well it's hard to uh it's hard to make lyric suggestions to 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 a
0: lyricist who is also now a nobel laureate so, <laughs> Yes, uh, yes so I, I I defer in the in the most part, but we do have a little bit of back and forth, and he will make music suggestions to me. Ish is um, a, a very literate and able musician as well as being a great writer. So we have uh, we have an interesting. Uh, Partnership. Rodgers and Hart always said, "Don't ask which came first, the words or the music." But you know, you're working with a Nobel laureate. You're just back from from Stockholm, right? Yeah,
1: we were over there, so we've been doing a a bunch of interviews to talk about our collaboration. We were in Stockholm the night before the ceremony, and when he gave his great speech, a really inspiring speech. What a mind! What a human being he is! And um, you know, there's no way to express how lucky I am to have. This songwriting partnership, I think Jim and Ish work so well together. They've got a—it's really fun to watch them because they have great chemistry. Um, but it's so multi-layered because I discovered Ishiguro the novelist way before I knew him as a friend. That came later. I discovered through the BBC because he was on the BBC on a radio show called Desert Island Discs, and he chose one of our records to take away with him for the rest of his life on that game. And uh, I was completely knocked out because I love. Ishiguro's work and you know there are those authors we all have our favorite authors there are those authors who you feel with whom you just have a connection and you share a vision of the world and that's how I felt about him and so when we met it was really uncanny because it was the same thing with the man there was great chemistry and I felt so completely understood as a person as a singer. Uh, He really got me. And the songwriting came really on a whim because we were friends lunching and dining for years before the three of us, well, the four of us, because Isha's wife Lorna was there too, but started talking around a table one day, just riffing. Uh, Jim might have started and said, you know, we should write a song for Stacy." I don't know how it came up. And he said, yeah. And this fun lunch just started talk- turning into a working lunch. We started talking about the universes that we would create and the song, the the, the particular words that would come out of somebody like me. Um, they really wanted to tailor make it. And we talked about all those elements that you and I are talking about, you know, that, that sadness, that traveling person who gets chance to kind of reflect about their life. Ish is very playful with memory, and it's such a fun thing to do in a song because you can kind of go back and forth in a song. You have um, room for space and time to pass and reflection, and, and we started talking about all those things and all the details. And um, two weeks after that, nothing riffing of a lunch, he... He he mailed us the lyrics to, so those lyrics did come first, to the Ice Hotel and Breakfast on the Morning Tram. And Jim just started, I would read them aloud to him, and he said he heard the scansion out of that, and he just started to work. And we thought, wow, this is something that really works. We weren't planning the album that year. We were just writing and friends having fun. But it turned into something really magnificent and really very shared and, and understood, and I felt like these two guys are completely tailor-writing for me, so...
0: And he actually showed up to get his Nobel Prize.
1: He showed up.
0: (laughs) Unlike Bob Dylan.
1: He did, and he said, you know, he referred to that, of course, because there are only two lyric writers now who have been awarded the Nobel. Um, Bob Dylan, who didn't show up, you're right, and Ishiguro, who I guess decided he would break that
0: uh, streak. and and you were there.
1: And I was there, and um, we... Talked about the collaboration, which is such an honor for me because, yes, I love working with this person, um, but I am such, I'm just in awe of the universes that he writes for us. Um, in my lyrics, of course, but also in the literature that he produces for the world, like Remains of the Day and The Unconsoled and Never Let Me Go. And you see a lot of the themes in his writing crop up in the music. What's fun is that in the writing, it's often very, very sad and often quite bleak. And yet I feel there's a lot of hopefulness out of Ishiguro, and I told him that. He reminds me that when we first started to talk at that lunch that I would said to him, look, you can write me as painful and bleak as you want, but you got to give me... He would hold up his hand like this just to, to, to motion, just a tiny bit. Just give me a tiny bit of hope, he says, that I said to him. You can be more playful. You can be lighter. You know, they wrote me. Ishiguro Tomlinson wrote me... Waiter, a waiter, for example, which you know just seems like a lighthearted song, but it's if you look deeper, it to me it's like Stevens, the butler from *Remains of the Day*. This man who's unable to express himself, he's so repressed, and he wants to do his duty and give his honor, um, and he sacrifices his own life and his own love and his own emotions, and so they ended up writing a song about it, um, but on a much lighter level. So he he does reuse those themes. Um, and that's such joy for me to find them in my own
0: lyrics. Tell us again who's with you.
1: This magnificent band with whom I'm playing a lot these days and loving, Art Hirahara on the piano and Tom Hubbard on the bass and Anthony Bunchotti on the drums and Jim Tomlinson on the saxes and flutes, and this is good chemistry up here with these
0: five. Well, let's get chemical with another of those songs um, of... um... I love this, it's this one of my favorite things That you've recorded And so Again, it's about a train
1: It is, so this is Breakfast on the Morning Train And it's really a song about heartache And how to get over that heartache Again, Ishiguro, for those Ishiguro fans out there This is a theme that crops up In The Unconsoled Which was the first Ishiguro novel I ever read I think, early on anyway When I discovered him And so he presented this And gave us The Unconsoled as song And uh, another Tomlinson Ishiguro beauty Breakfast on the Morning Train So
2: here you are in this city With a shattered heart, it seems Though when you arrived You thought you'd have the holiday of your dreams You'd cry yourself to sleep if you could But you've been awake all night Well, here's something you need to do With the first hint of morning light
0: Stacey Kent, thanks for all the trains.
2: Thank
1: you. Such a joy to be here. Thanks for the invitation.
0: Singers Unlimited is produced for podcast by Billy Robinson for WBGO Studios. Recordings engineered by Corey Goldberg. I'm Michael Bourne. Subscribe to the Singers Unlimited podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Find out more at WBGO.org. This has been a WBGO Studios production. To learn more about WBGO
2: Studios' award-winning podcasts, special concerts, live streams, and more, visit wbgo.org studios.